Good morning, friends. It's Palm Sunday. And the message title is The Tears of Palm Sunday. It comes from Luke chapter 19, verses 42 to 44. Now, like I've already said a couple of times, it's Palm Sunday. And no doubt most of you know that story pretty well. Jesus, after uh, spending a week or so at Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and really about a week ago, he, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He leaves Bethany uh, for Bethphage in the Mount of Olives, riding on a donkey, and hundreds of people are running to join him. And soon the crowd grows as the people drop what they're doing and they begin to line the road. You know that story with the palm branches and throwing their cloaks on the ground. And if you read John's Gospel account, it's clear that another large crowd in Jerusalem, they were there for the Passover, having heard that Jesus was on his way, also leave the city to meet him as he approaches the Mount of Olives. <clears throat> and so soon the two groups will join in shouting, singing, laughing, dancing, chanting, waving those palm branches. It's a day of unbridled joy as the common people welcome Jesus to Jerusalem. But suddenly... Something very strange happens. And Luke is the only gospel writer who tells us about it. At the height of this celebration, Jesus begins to cry. He weeps. I mean, it happened as the road to Jerusalem wound around the southern shoulder of the Mount of Olives. And as you travel that road, you come to the crest of a small rise. And as you reach that crest, the whole city of Jerusalem suddenly appears before your eyes. It's an awesome, breathtaking sight. And when Jesus saw the city, he began to weep. It must have seemed very strange. I could almost imagine people saying, why is that man on the donkey crying? And the answer is, I don't know. But you know, the answer is not hard to find. Jesus was weeping not for himself, but for the city that was about to reject him. Jesus saw beyond the cheering crowd to the mob that would soon shout, Crucify him! Crucify him! He knew on Palm Sunday that Good Friday was only five days away. And he also saw into the future, to the time when the Roman army would utterly destroy Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Now these are his words from our text. If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. See, in the midst of the joy, Jesus saw the future as well. He knew that Good Friday was only five days away. He knew the nation would soon turn away from him. And he also saw through the misty future to the day when the Romans would destroy the city stone by stone, killing men, women, and children by the thousands. Because the nation would reject its Messiah, such awful judgment would soon fall. The question is, why? Well, it's because God's Son had come, and they didn't recognize him. God's Son had come, and they crucified him. He knew the crowds were fickle. He knew the leaders were plotting against him. He knew the cheers would soon turn to jeers. He knew on Sunday what would happen on Friday. He knew the cross lay directly in his path. He knew all those things, but he went anyway. King Jesus rode on toward the city because he had an appointment in Jerusalem. In the days to come, some would look back and say, If only we had known... 
But after Palm Sunday, no one could truly use that excuse. They knew. No one could ever say he didn't make himself plain. I mean, how could he have made it any plainer? He made himself so clear that no one could miss it. On Palm Sunday, everybody had a chance or a choice to make that day. And everyone in Jerusalem made a choice. For better or for worse, Jesus called for a decision, and the nation rendered its verdict. Jesus has come into the city. Confusion reigns. The king has come. What will the people do? Well, the answers are not hard to find. The disciples praise him openly. The children praise him innocently. The crowds cheer him, but they don't understand him. The city is curious, but they're not really committed. That leaves only one group. The religious leaders, that large group of scribes and Pharisees, the so-called elders of Israel, the rulers of the Sanhedrin, what will they say? How will they respond? The people have spoken, but will their rulers follow suit? Well, three words sum up the official reaction to Jesus on Palm Sunday. Fright, frustration, anger. Fright because they do not know what Jesus is up to. Frustration because so many people cheer him as he rides into the city. And anger because they now see him as an enemy of their interests, an enemy who must be eliminated. The time for decision has come, and very soon the nation must render its verdict concerning Jesus, the Messiah. The evidence is in, the jury has been instructed, and the verdict must soon be returned. Now, Matthew in his gospel includes a fascinating note here. As Jesus approached Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, He says the whole city was stirred. Now, the Greek word means literally to be shaken to the core. I mean, people began to ask each other, who is this man? And the answer came back, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, think about that answer for a moment. I mean, it's true as far as it goes. Every detail is correct. But it doesn't go far enough. He's a prophet. But he's more than a prophet. He's from Galilee, but that is not his ultimate hometown. The people of Jerusalem asked the right question and gave the almost right answer. But in spiritual things, almost right is not good enough. Mark ends his account of the triumphal entry by telling us that after Jesus entered Jerusalem, he went to the temple, but because it was so late in the day, no one was there. So he left Jerusalem with his disciples, went back to Bethany, and spent the night there. A pretty strange way to end such a momentous day that we call Palm Sunday. But it does raise a valid question. What did Jesus accomplish on Palm Sunday? I mean, what was Palm Sunday all about? Why the triumphal entry? Well, if you want the answer in one sentence, it kind of goes like this. Jesus was sending a message to Israel on Palm Sunday, a message that the time for decision had come. No longer would the people have the privilege of discussing his credentials in kind of an abstract manner. On this day, Jesus presented himself to the nation, asking for an immediate decision. The answer he received, well, it wasn't very encouraging. Although the crowds cheered, they didn't understand him. Although the leaders understood him, they didn't cheer him. Israel came close, so close that day, to embracing him as God's Messiah. But again, I'll say close was not good enough. After Palm Sunday, the only thing left was Golgotha. 
Centuries have come and gone since Jesus met his appointment in Jerusalem. I mean, three lessons, I think, remain for our consideration. Here's lesson number one. Spiritual opportunities don't last forever. Where Jesus is involved, no one can sit on the fence forever. There comes a time when a decision must be rendered for or against the Son of God. In spiritual matters, not to decide is to decide. To say not now is really to say no. See, it's not enough to be interested in Jesus. I mean, millions of people were interested in him, but they have no living relationship with him. The people of the first Palm Sunday were interested. The whole city was stirred to the point of discussion, but not to the point of action. Mere interest will never save you. The gospel saves only those who believe, not those who talk about believing. Interest is good if it leads to action. If not, interest will eventually harden into disinterest and ultimately into hatred. Spiritual neutrality is a temporary way station, not a permanent destination. No one stays there forever, as it has been written. One either believes in him or is offended by him. And they were offended. They were scandalized by Jesus. I mean, there's a time to think and a time to decide, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to discuss, a time to make up your mind. Palm Sunday reminds us that each of us must sooner or later make up our minds about Jesus, the Messiah. Now, the reason we do not see truth is not that we have not read enough books or do not have enough academic degrees, but that we don't really have enough courage. If knowledge alone would save us, the whole world would be saved by now. But knowledge without courage leads you into an intellectual cul-de-sac. It takes courage to believe in Jesus. And in this day and age, it seems like it takes even more courage to stand up for Jesus. It takes courage to make any important decision in the spiritual realm. I mean, rarely is knowledge the root of our problem. Mostly, we just lack the courage to embrace the truth and stand up for the truth and share the truth. Well, here's lesson number two. The world that rejected Jesus then still rejects him today. The people of the world hate religious emotion in the same way the Pharisees hated the way the crowds cheered Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem. They hate religious emotion because they don't understand it. To them, religion is an intellectual affair that really never touches the heart. But Jesus will have none of that. If a man will not give him his heart, Jesus wants no part of him. Although it sounds strange, if Jesus came to Branson, he'd be crucified all over again. Or for that fact, if he came to your town. Here's lesson number three. The invitation is not to believe, but to be brave. Jesus comes again and again to the human heart, and each time a verdict must be rendered. Your king has come. What are you going to do? Will you join with those who crucified him, or will you join with those who shout out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna? You see, friends, our greatest need is for moral courage to make the right moral choices. When the time comes to take sides with Jesus, all you need is enough courage to do the right thing. Yes, the Palm Sunday invitation is not to believe, but to be brave. The brave join the little children who praise him gladly, while the timid are left to dream about what might have been. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion. God bless.